Okay, so we're up to the bottom line of Membez and Mebez. The Mishnah says that the Meshuch Muhammad would tell them that you're going with Hashem and you're not going with people. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, what does he mean to say that you're going with Hashem? They would take, there was a piece of paper that had Hashem's name, Yudkevavke, and all the permutations of Hashem's name, and it was put in the Aaron. So literally, you are going with Hashem, not just like figuratively, you are literally going with Hashem as He goes before you. Now the Pasuk says like this, This Pasuk is referring to um, the battle against Midian. So the Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu sent... We're going to translate the Pasuk, and each word is going to symbolize something else. Yishlach Moshe, Moshe sent El Fumata, a thousand from each tribe, that's 12,000 soldiers, Latzava, to serve in the army. Osam, he sent them, which we don't know what that is, Es Pinchas, and he sent Pinchas. Okay, so he sent Pinchas, and the question is, what exactly does a Kayan, uh, Pinchas is a Kayan, what exactly is he going to be doing in battle? He can't really fight. So what, is, what does it mean he sent them, and what does it mean, and why is he sending Pinchas? Oisam elu Sanhedrin. Oisam is the Sanhedrin, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Moshe Avinu sent the Sanhedrin to the front lines. I, they weren't actually fighting, they were there to deal with, um, they were there to, to sentence Bilaam. In the end, Bilaam was, uh, was killed anyway, but they were sent there basically to just make sure if there's any halachic shilas they'll be able to answer. That's Osam, and Pinchas is Meshuch Mochama. Pinchas was the first Kayin who was Meshuch Mochama. That was his function. Uklea Kaidish, then the Pasuk says that they sent the sacred vessels, the Aaron Velucha Shabai. That's the Aaron and the Luchais, because the Aaron goes to battle. The Chatzaitis Hatrua, when it says that he sent a, sent a blast, Elua Shaifris, that Moshe Rabbeinu sent Shaifris as well. Okay. Now Pinchas was the first Meshuch Mochama. So the Gemara says, Tana, Loy Luchinam Halak Pinchas Lamochama. It's not a coincidence that Pinchas went. Obviously, Pinchas is the Meshuch Mochama. The truth is, you could have had other Kehanim do it. Why was Pinchas the one chosen to be the first Meshuch Mochama? Liparadin Avi Imai. Pinchas is on his father's side, he was a Kayan. But the Gemara is saying that on his mother's side, he came from Yosef at Sadiq. So because he came from Yosef on his mother's side, the Midianim were the ones who sold Yosef, right? They sold them, the, the Shvatim sold to the Midians, the Midians sold them to the Mitzrayim. So in order to re- avenge the, the, the sale of Yosef, Pinchas was the one who went out to battle to go to Meshul Muhammad because he is on the mother's side in Enikul of Yosef at Tzadik. Shenemar, v'amidonim, machru oisam el Mitzrayim. Okay? So no, no, he probably did. I'm sure he did. He knew who he was. Now here's the question though. The problem is, right now we're saying that Yosef, that Pinchas, on his, again, on his father's side, he's a kind. That's why he's a kind. We're saying on his mother's side, he comes from the Shevet of Yosef. Here's the problem. The problem is, remember the Pinchas, me Yosef, Asi. Pinchas comes from Yosef on his mother's side. But it says in the Pasuk, The Pasuk says that the, the, that, that Elazar, the son of Aaron, took for himself a wife from the daughters of Putiel, meaning that Pinchas came from the daughters of Putiel. Now, who is Putiel? My love, Osimi Yisro. Isn't it Putiel a reference to Yisro? Shepitim agal zavicham, because he fattened Putiel from Lashem fattening. So it means that Pinchas, you're saying, comes on his mother's side from Yosef. I thought he come from Putiel, which is Yisro. So the Gemara says, no, Putiel is not a reference to Yisro. Putiel is Yosef. 
Now, putio we always think is derogatory. It's that he fattened idols. Putio means to fatten. And it's Yisro, fattened idols. This is no, no, no. It's referring to Yosef HaTzadik, Shepit Bebi Yitzro, because he overcame, he, he put down, Pitim is like to put down, he put down his Yitzhahara by overcoming it. So that means that Pinchas, on his father's side, is from Kayin, he's from Aaron, and on his mother's side, from Levi, and on his mother's side, he's Yosef. Here's the problem, not from Yisro. Here's the problem, we all know the famous Medrash, the Gemara says, wait a minute, we all know the famous Medrash, that when Pinchas goes to kill Kazbi and Zimri, the Shvatim, and Shevet Shimon specifically, made fun of him and said, Reisim ben Puti zu, look at this daughter, this son of Puti, Ben Shepitim Avi Ima Agam Avodazara. His grandfather was doing idolatry, meaning Yisro Yarog Nasi Yisrael. He's going to kill a Nasi. So Pinchas definitely came from Yisro. You can't tell me he came from Yosef. He came from Yisro. So did he come on his mother's side from Yisro, or did he come on his mother's side from Yosef? The answer is his mother had two parents. One of his parents, his father's side was the Levi. His mother's side had two side, two parents. The mother half was from Yisro, half was from Yosef. The answer is Ella. It was either his mother's father came from Yosef and Imedimi Yisro, and his mother's mother came from Yisro, or Imedimi Yosef, or the opposite. His mother's mother came from Yisro, Yosef, and Avudimi Yisro, and his mother's father. So his mother was the one who was split. His father was entirely Levi. His mother, half Yosef, half Yisro. Dekanami, this makes sense. Putiel is spelled with an extra yud to indicate it's Putiel on both sides. Putiel because. Uh, uh, Putizah, that's Yisro, and Pitben Beyitzro, which is Yosef. So it's Putiel double because he came from both Putiels, both Putis. Yeah, both y- meaning, which one? Which part do you want to go back? Putiel has two meanings. It either means it's a reference to Yisro fattening the idolatry, or it's a reference to, Yis- to Yosef putting down his, his Yitzhahara. So it says Putiel with a Yud. Which implies more, because he was Putiel on both sides. He came from both Yisro. His mother and his father. No, his father was Levi, and his mother's side, half of his mother's side, it's the equivalent of. Er, yeah, mom has Zaydish and grandma. Grandma could be from Yosef, and Zaydish could be from Yisro, or vice versa. Right. So the point is, the father's side was completely Levi, his mother's side was half Yisro, half Yosef. So he was a quarter Yisro and a quarter Yosef, and half. Uh, half um, half Levi. So the Gemara says, Shmami, no, fine. Okay, Vaiter in the Mishnah. We'll keep going, it's a long daf. We'll keep moving. So the Mishnah says like this. After, it's it's clear from the Pasuk that after the Meshul Muhammad, and the Meshul Muhammad would say two things. He would say, all the people that had to go back, he would say, like, if you didn't uh, inaugurate your house, if you didn't live with your wife for the Shana Rishonah, you go back. Then at the battlefield, he would say, um, do not fear, you're with Hashem. Okay. It's also clear from the Pasuk that the officers would also speak. The question is, what would they say? I know that's It says, The Shaitrim would then say, So the Gemara is going to explain, the Shaitrim would repeat what the Meshuch Muhammad said. So they would say who is exempt from going out to battle. So it says, any person who built a new house, but never moved in. Let me explain one thing, because the Mishnah at the end of the in the end of the Mishnah is going to say this: If you built a house and moved in, and you're in the middle of the first year of living there, you don't even go out to the front lines. But if you built a house and you didn't, you didn't go in yet. You go to the front lines and are sent back. That's the halach. So if you built a house 
and you didn't live there yet, you go to the front lines, then you hear this and you go home. Okay, so now what type of house? So it says the Mishnah, It doesn't matter whether it's a house for straw, a cattle barn, a woodshed, a storehouse for wine and oil and grain. It doesn't have to be a livable house, it could be like a garage. Okay, it doesn't matter whether you built a new house, if you bought a new house, if you inherited a new house, or you received it as a gift. It's new to you, that's all that matters. Okay, the next, so that's the first category. You built a house and you didn't move in yet. Fine. The second one is you built, you planted a vineyard and you didn't redeem it yet. Now, redeeming means that we know the first three years it's Arla, you can't eat it. The fourth year is Netaravai, you could eat it in Yerushalayim. If you can't go to Yerushalayim, you redeem it. So basically, in other words, a person who planted a vineyard and the fruit is under four years. Fine. So, Mia Yishashar Notakaram, Velo Chilolo. It doesn't matter whether it's a vineyard. Or it could be any five fruit-bearing trees. Five fruit-bearing trees in a... Um, the Rashi actually has a diagram of how it should look. You see the pictures? Boom, 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 boom. Those five. Um, five together is a small vineyard in Halacha. Right? You just plant one tree, that's not going to be enough. You plant a hundred, it's for sure enough. Five is considered a vineyard, is considered a... Uh, a kerem in halacha. So if you plant five, even if they're five different species, obviously not close enough to be uh, to be climbed, but if you have five different species, you have a, a cherry, a peach, an apple, and uh, an orange, and, um, a, and a grapefruit, that would also be enough to exempt you from going out to battle. It doesn't matter whether you planted it. It doesn't matter whether you layer it. It doesn't matter whether you graft it. Now, um, Markiv is where you take a branch from one tree. But if you, but if you had only one type of an apple orchard, that's not enough. No, that is enough. Is five it? trees together. So. Five trees. Five that trees. Five types. Correct. It could be one type, multiple types. So it's five. Markiv, Mavrich, I just want to explain. Mavrich is where you take a branch and put it into the ground, and then it, it regrows another one. And that's Mavrich. And markiv is where you take a branch from one tree and put it into another tree and it begins to grow. Yeah. yeah. Is that grafting? Yes, but it, it could be permissible grafting because, uh, yes, it, it is grafting. Permissible grafting is if it's from apple to apple. Grafting is only also if it's multiple species. Apple to apple you're allowed. So the Gemara is going to talk about it. Obviously we're talking about permissible grafting. Now here's the Gemara's kasha. It's actually pretty simple if you think about it. You have five trees, okay, and then you take five grafts and stick them in. Ah, oh, now now you're exempt. If if you're grafting, that means that you have the host tree and you got the graft. If you, by definition, yeah. uh, you already have it. If you're taking five branches, putting them into five trees, you already are exempt because of the trees. Oh, you're like oh, because you put these five grafts, these grafts are counted as new trees. Forget about that. If you're putting them into trees, don't you already have trees? Like what, it sounds like, oh, you're exempt because of the graft. The graft is like a new tree. Forget about the new tree. If you're putting it into, an, if you're putting it into a tree, that means you already have trees. So, okay, we'll, we'll deal with that. Um, it doesn't matter whether you bought these new trees, whether you inherited it, you received them as a gift. Then the next exemption is if you're a Mekadish, a woman. It doesn't matter if you're Mekadish, a Besula. It doesn't matter if you're Mekadish, an Almana. Even if you do Yibam. Even if you didn't actually do Yibam yet, but you heard your brother died, and you're going to do Yibam, you go back. All these people, these categories, 
So let's say you built a house, but you didn't move in yet, or you, you have a Mekadosh woman, but you're not Ma'aris yet, so it's not even Shana Rishana yet. All of these people, they go to the front battle, they hear the Meshul Muhammad and the Shaitrim say this, and then they return. The Chazim, they go back to war. They go back from war. But they have to go to the front lines to hear this, you understand. Now, they don't go home. What do they do? They supply water and food for the troops. And they fix the roads for the troops. So they do like, uh, it was a Sher Lumi? Sher Lumi stuff, okay. Now, um, these are all exemptions. Now, what are things do not consider exemptions? If you build a patio, or you build a, an entrance, a hallway, that's nothing. Or if you plant four fruit trees, four is not enough. Or if you plant five non-fruit trees, five non-fruit trees don't count. And if you take back your own divorcee, see, if you divorce a woman, then you remarry her, that's not considered enough simcha to warrant an exemption for more. Let's say you marry a woman, but it was an Isidika marriage. The Allah is you do not go back from that, obviously. If you marry a mamzer, mamzeres, you don't go back from war because that is not the type of marriage that we're into anyway. Rav Yudah says, let's say you knock down the house and you rebuild it exactly the size. I don't know why you would do that, whatever. You didn't make it bigger, you build it mamzer size, that doesn't count because it's the exact same house. And Rav Lazar Oymer, Afa Bainabayas Levain in Bisharon, Rav Lazar added, if you build a house of bricks in the Sharon, the bricks of the Sharon were apparently crumbly. They were not very strong. So if you built a house of bricks in the Sharon, it would only last, Rashi says, three and a half years. You'd have to redo it every three and a half years. So it's like a like a like an old school bungalow, like these things that are not going to last very long. That's not considered a house. Okay. Elu, now these people. If you built, let's say, a house and you didn't move in yet, you go to the front lines, you hear it, and then you go back. What if you built a house, moved in, and you're in the first year of moving? It's so you already moved in. Then the halach is you don't even have to go to the front lines. You stay there. So let's say you're, you're not just mekadosh ishi, mekadosh ishi, you get married, you're middle shana rishana, you don't even have to go to the front lines. I know, you would think the opposite, but the answer is at least you're, you're there's, la, there's less simcha. You, you didn't even move in yet, so it's like, okay, it's not so terrible. This You already moved in, you're already in the middle of it, you don't even have to go. It says the Mishnah, these people don't even go to the front lines at all to hear and then to be rejected. If you actually built a house and you inaugurated, but you're there during the first Shana Rishayna, or but let's say, or you started redeeming the fruit of the of Netaravai, but you didn't have a full year of the Netaravai. Or or if you Mekadish and actually married her and got married and you're middle of Shana Rishayna, and a Kainasivimta, if you actually did Yivum, but you didn't have a full year together, you don't even go to the front lines, you just stay home. Shinemar, the puzzle says you shall be free from for your house for one year. Right? We have four categories. You have house, vineyard, wife, and Yevimtai. Uh, so Lebeis is a Beisai. Yez a Karmai. Semech Zisha is a Ushtai. And Ashaloka Chavi is Yevimtai. Okay. Now these people don't go out to battle at all. They don't even go out to be exempt. They don't do Shirit Lumi. Ain must be my Mazen. Metakin Zrachim. They don't have to do water. They don't have to do food. They don't have to Metakin the Drachim. Nothing. It's a garnish. Because it's Simcha. Each one is because of Simcha. Yep. We don't want you to be killed. It's like, what's a bigger shame? Being killed during Shana Rishayna is worse than than being killed bef- after Kedushan. Oh, question. Yeah. Uh, no matter how many houses... Uh, no, doesn't matter. Each house is new to you. Yeah. Trees every year. yeah. The, enemy is, the enemy has come, right? This is the, you're in the middle of a war. 
Oh no! If it's a no, if there's a shortage, it might be different. Also, if if it's a if it's a mechamis a, a, a mitzvah, I think it might be a little different. This is mechamis or shos pashas. But yeah, listen, I mean, whatever they don't want, they don't. If you're going with Hashem, the numbers don't really matter. Tanurabanan. <laughs> okay, let's run through it. I got twenty minutes. Let's bunker down. Tanurabanan v'dibra hashaytim. The shaitrim speak. The question is, what are the shaitrim saying? You might think they're saying original words. Okay, the Pasuk indicates the only thing the shaitrim say that the Meshul Muhammad did not say yet was the last thing, which is that before they go out to battle, when there, there were two speeches, right? There was the, the, the before the battle and then at the enemy lines. The first one was sending everybody back. That, the Meshul Muhammad definitely said, and the shaitrim repeat. The only thing the Shaitrim actually say that's their own words that the Mshulham did not say is anyone who's afraid, go back. That's the only thing they say that's new. So it says the, says the Gemara, the only thing they say that's new is the whoever's afraid, go back. And by the way, they only say that before they go out to the front lines. Once you're on the front lines, there's no turning back anymore. If you're afraid, you run or they'll shoot you on the spot. That was also what they said. But uh, anyway, so the point is, the only thing they say that's original is whoever's afraid go back. So what are they saying after that? The answer is, The answer is, they are just saying what the Meshul Muhammad said. Meshul Muhammad would say it, and they would scream it out. So, the, they're, so he's saying and they're repeating. The only thing they're saying that's new is the anyone who's afraid go back. Now the Gemara explains. Tani Chada, one Brisa says, One Brisa says that the Kayin would speak and the Shaitrim would say it, again, say it louder, which is what we just saw. Tani another Brisa says, Another Brisa indicates that only the Kayin would speak. The Kayin, Meshuch Macham, would speak and another Kayin would scream it out. And another Brisa indicates the Shaitrim would speak and not the Meshuch Macham. So how do you reconcile all this? So, I'm Rabbi HaKetzad. From the Pasuk that says, from the Kayin shall approach until the officer shall speak. Now, this is, um, okay, there were three things said. Let me, let me just, it's very simple. At the front line, at the, at, before they go out to battle, the Kayin would say something and they would repeat it, which is anyone who's built a new house, go back, vineyard, go back, and then the, the Shaitim would repeat then the Shaitim would say something unique on that, in, that, in that point, which is, uh, anyone who's afraid, go back. Only the Shaitim. Then they would go to the front lines, and the front lines, the Meshulch Muhammad would say, Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, uh, Hashem is with you. That only the Meshulch Muhammad would say. So there's some stuff, so if, if you actually just, what I just said, there's some things where only the Meshulch Muhammad would say, there's some things where they both would say, and there's something only the Shaitim would say. So the Gemara says, "Menigash avidabru kaim davu kaim meshmiya, vidabru aviyasfu kaim davu meshayit meshmiya, miyasuveilach shaydim davu shaydim meshmiya." Just different parts of the pasuk, different different statements of who said what. Okay, now let's just run through. Um, there's only one major sugya later on in the Amud Beis. We'll run through it to the best that we can. Now, so far so good. Now the pasuk says like this: We said that if you build a house, it doesn't have to be a full livable house. It could be. Um, a garage, it could be a storage house, and it doesn't matter whether you bought it, received it as an inheritance, got it as a gift. 
The Gemara just finds Pesukim for this. Asher Bona, that which you bought a, built a house. I only know that it's, you're exempt if you built the house from going to war. How do I know the same halacha applies if you uh, bought, inherited, or received as a gift? Mia Ish means any person. It doesn't matter how you got it. Bias. Now, I only know a house. House means where you live in. How do I know to include a garage, a storage house, or whatever? How do I know to include all those things? Asher bana, the extra asher is mikol makom, any type of home. Now you might think, oh, if you're going to include that, maybe I should include a patio also. How do I know that maybe I should include a patio or what's what's a it has to be some place that you could live in that's meant at least to to store to store things or to livable expense uh, a patio is, is nothing a patio is just uh, just you, you hang out there for a little bit you don't even leave stuff because it's open on top and you don't sleep there so it's, it's nothing now it's a temporary dwelling now this whole assumption that it could be even a storage house, even a grain house, even a cattle house, that we just found from, that's our Mishnah. The truth is, Rav Lezben disagrees. He says, no, bayis kimashmo. Bayis means house, not, no, nothing else. House, 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 nothing. No, no, no storage house, no, no garage, no nothing. Fine. Okay, lochanach velochanacho. Okay, it says that you have to, you didn't, uh, you didn't live in the house for a year. Prat legazlin. This excludes stealing a house, meaning... If you stole a house, you have to go to battle. That's not an exemption. Let me ask you a question. Uh, if you steal a house, you still have to go out to battle. Here's the Shiloh. We know that the, 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 the Shotrim say, whoever's afraid, go back. Afraid of what? So it's a machloikas. It's a machloikas tanoim. One opinion says afraid of dying. Simply afraid. If, you, if you're afraid of fighting. Rav Yossi's opinion is, it means afraid of sins. It doesn't mean afraid of fear. It means if you, if you have an Avera, go back. So let me ask you, Kasha. We just said that if you stole a house, you have to go to war. Well, if you stole a house, you're exempt anyway because you're a Russia. So the Gemara says, It means that our Mishnah is not like Rav Yossi Aglili because our Bryce just said that if you stole a house, that's not an exemption because it's not your house, you have to go out to war. battle. Wait, wait, if you stole a house, you're a Russia. So the Gemara says, Dear Rav Yossi Aglili, I thought Rav Yossi Aglili said, Anyone who's afraid, Go to the next page, That means that any person that sinned is exempt. So if you sinned, so how could you, if you steal a house, you have to go to the battle. But if you steal, you're a Russia. The answer is, you did tshuva. The case is where you stole the house, you did tshuva, you paid for it. Oh, so you're not a Russia anymore because you did tshuva. And you don't go out to battle because you stole it. But wait a minute. I'm so you go out to battle because you stole it. But wait a minute, if you paid for it, I steal a house, right? I steal Gavin's house because I like it. And then I feel bad, I do tshuva, I pay for it. So I, I still have to go out to battle. Why? Because uh, you stole it. I paid for it. What's the difference? What's the difference if I bought it? I, I, I paid for it at the end. Right? So the Gemara says, so If you actually paid for it, then shouldn't that be a reason to be exempt? The answer is, The answer is, although you paid for it, because you started the transaction through theft, the Torah does not exempt you. That, that's the, not the type of simple that we care about. Yes, technically it is a purchase in halacha, but it's not the type of purchase for our, our uh, sentiments. Okay. Now, okay, so there's one major sugya that we're going to get to right now. 
It's a little bit tricky. I just need everyone to just hold the cup. It's not too hard. And then the end is pretty simple. Okay. Again, if I build a vineyard, I plant a vineyard, and it's under four years old, I'm exempt. So it says the Gemara, Tanar Rabban Ashenata, that which I planted, and Ilanata. I only know that I'm exempt if I planted. Lokach, what if I bought? Yarish, why have I inherited? Nithil Matana, if I received it as a gift. Menayin, how do I know I'm also exempt? Tamalaymar, me Isha Shenata. Now, Kerem, Ainli, Ela Kerem. This is the same Mamish and Joshua we had before. I only, I only know a vineyard, which is grapes. Menayin, Larabas, Chamisha, Ilani, Macho, Bafilib, Shari, meaning. How do I know that it's true for any five fruit trees? Tamalaymar. Asher nota, asher nota is inclusive. Oh, so wait a minute. You might think that I should include four fruit trees or five non-fruit bearing trees. No, vineyard means it has to be a fruit bearing tree. Oh, so Rav Elizabeth Yaakov, by the way, the same Rav Elizabeth Yaakov who was a stickler. Maybe, I don't know, it's trees, trees are trees. The answer is no, it's fruit. Now, Rav Elizabeth ben Yaakov, who was a stickler before by bias that he did not include a garage or a barn, or, he's also a stickler over here. Rav Elizabeth ben Yaakov, Kerem Ashmano, vineyard, vineyard, not five tree, vineyard. Okay, same thing. Now, Loi Chilel V'loi Chileloi, he didn't redeem, Pratlamavrech Umarchiv, that means that if you graft a tree, no good. Now, by the way, reset in the mission of good, this is no good. If you graft a tree, so if I take five grafts and stick them into five trees, I'm not exempt. Well, wait a minute. I thought the Mishnah said, you are exempt. So the Gemara says, I thought you are exempt. So the answer is, The answer is, what type of grafting? Grafting can be usser or it can be mutter. The answer is, it just depends on the species. If I graft apple onto apple, mutter, I'm exempt from war. When it says in the price, I'm not exempt, that's when I take a peach and put it into an apple tree. You're not exempt because you're over an Isser of Klein. <laughs> We're not going to exempt you when you're doing Isurim. Fine. Here's the, the only thing that's really tricky of, of the daf. It's the next, like, ten lines. Understand. I have five trees. Five fruit trees. Okay. I go to the store, or I go to a partner, whatever. I get five graphs, which are branches... So I have an apple, I have five apple trees. I take five grafts of apple trees. I get five branches. I put them in. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, I'm exempt. I now have five trees. I'm exempt. I had five anyway. That's the worst guy. If you're grafting, that means that you have a host tree and you have the branch. So we're saying the branch is so chashev that once it's put in, you're now exempt. But I have the host tree anyway. <laughs> I don't understand. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. What exactly is the case? The case is you have five young host trees. They're young. They're under four years. I'm exempt from the host trees anyway. I go and I grab five branches. And I put them in. Bam, 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 bam. So I'm exempt because of the branches. Forget about the branches. I'm exempt because of the host trees. Right? So what, what, what exactly are you accomplishing? Okay, so it can't be that. What is the case? What if I do this? What if I do this? I have five old apple trees. They're 10 years old. They're not getting me out to battle. I take five branches of young apple trees, put them in. Bam, 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 bam. That makes sense. So now I'm exempt, meaning I have five old apple trees, meaning they're 10 years old. So then I'm not going to be exempt because of the host trees. Five, ten years old is not going to get you out of battle. It has to be under four years old. You never go to war because you owned apple trees 30 years ago? Four years. It has to be four years and under. So I have five apple trees that are ten years old. So I'm not going to be exempt. 
I go and I take five branches from baby trees, put them in, bum, 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 and I'm exempt because of the graft. That makes sense. Here's the problem. The halacha is that when you take a graft of a young tree and put it into an old tree, it's bottle into the old tree. Like for the laws of Arla, right? You don't have to separate Arla from the tree. Why? Because the ikr is the host. So once the ikr is the host, then why am I exempt? Meaning, if the branches are insignificant in the laws of Arla, it's going to be insignificant in the laws of, of, of going out from battling. So the Gemara says, If you take a young graft and put it into an old tree, the young grafts are insignificant and they just become part of the old tree regarding the laws of Arla. So if they're no Arla, then you're not going out to battle. So basically, in other words, the only time that the grafts are significant is when the grafts and the trees are both babies. But if they're babies anyway, then I'm not going to be exempt because of the host tree. So what exactly is the case? So Gemara says, here's the case. It's an interesting halach. The case is like this. I have five baby trees. Boom. Five baby apple trees. Yeah? This is the only thing that's tricky. Five baby apple trees. Mm-hmm. I take five branches of baby apple trees, put them in, bum, 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 and I'm exempt because of the branches. So you said, wait a minute, you're, aren't you exempt because of the, the host tree? The halacha is that when it comes to Arla, I didn't know this, if you plant trees not because you want to eat them, but because you want to build a fence, let's say you have a, a property, there's a breach in your property, and you're just like, instead of building a fence, let me just build an apple tree. I don't care about the apples, I just want it, it'll, it'll fill up the spot. The halacha is, those, those fruit are not considered fruit in halacha, there's no Arla. So, therefore, the case is you planted five host trees, but not because you wanted the trees, but to just build a wall to keep your neighbor out. So, therefore, they're not considered fruit trees in halacha. So, you would not be able to be exempt from going out to battle. But when you stick in five little graphs, now you're exempt because of the graphs. That's the case. The case is, the case is where it's really taking young graphs and putting it into a young tree. I said, shouldn't you be exempt? And you're exempt because of the graphs. I shouldn't you be exempt because of the trees? The case is where you planted the fruit trees, the, the five host trees, you planted them as a fence or just for firewood. The Tanan, as the Mishnah says, according to halacha you can. Kabbalistically, it's going to, Bad stuff, but yes, technically from halacha, you see from here that if you plant it from, uh, you could you could cut it down. The halacha is that if you plant trees just to build a fence, not because you want them, they're they're, they're not obligated in arla. So those five host trees, you're not going to be exempt from battle. But once you put the grafts in, oh, now you're exempt. Now, by the way, it's an interesting kasha. I just want to make this point clear. You have five old trees. <coughs> you're not going to be able. They're not chayiv in arla because they're ten years old. You stick the grafts in. The graphs are in a bottle, insignificant. The ichor is the host. Fine. You have five host trees that you planted as a fence, also potter from Arla. But you stick the graphs in, now you're chayv in Arla. What's the difference? Like if you go by the host, shouldn't the ichor just. Again, the both cases, one's young, one's old, but they're both exempt from Arla, one because it's old and one because you planted it as a fence. But then when you stick the graft in, like why is it that when you stick the graft in, baby to baby, Oh, now the graft is ichor. But when it comes to the young and the old, the graft is insignificant. Like, what, 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 what's the difference? So the Gemara says, The answer is, the answer is very simple. When you have a tree that you, that's older after four years, you can never make it chayv in Arla. Arla is an age thing. So if you take an old tree that's 10 years old and you stick a branch in, the branch is nothing. The ichor is the, the trunk, the host. But when you have a, a young tree 
that you planted as a breach to build a breach in the wall. It should be chayv and arla. It's young, but it was just your mentality. Once you put a graft in that you've changed your mentalities, now you want the fruit. That's why you're grafting. So because you change your mentality, now it becomes a fruit tree. So if you take a 10-year-old tree and you stick the graft in, you're not going to be exempt from battle because the ichor is still the, the, the host and the host is an old tree. But when you have five trees that you planted to breach the wall, so they're not considered trees in halacha, but it's only because of your mentality. They should be. So when you put in the branches, now you're megala that you want the fruit, so now you're going to be chayev. In Arla, now you're going to be exempt from the war. says, the difference is, you cannot change your mind regarding an old tree. Once a tree is 10 years old, you can never go back. But this tree, you plant it as a wool, it should be chayev in Arla. It was just your mentality is that I want the fruit. But once you graft it, you want the root, now it becomes chayev again. The Gemara says, It's like if you have just a fruit tree that just plant, grew on its own. The halach is, it's chayev in Arla. Because the, 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 the tree should be chayev unless you think otherwise. Now, um, a little bit more. Five more minutes, we should be done. Now, the Gemara has a kasha. We, we had a kasha, which is that if you take the branches, the branches make the host tree chayev. The question is, if you have a host tree, then I said, you're already exempt. Oh, if you planted five, bum, 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 now I'm exempt because of the branches. But I'm exempt because of the host tree. Right? That was the kasha that we had. So we said the cases where it was planted not for the sake of eating, but to build a breach. The says, why don't you say this? The cases where you have five, you have five host trees, so you're exempt. I have five branches. I stick them in, now I'm exempt. So meaning maybe the case is very simple. It's just, it's, it's mamish a classic case of grafting. And you're going to say, well, if you're grafting, aren't you exempt because the host tree? The answer is, I don't own the host tree, I own the graft. Now you put it together, now we're both exempt. So Gemara says, well, look, maybe Karim Shoshnei Shotzman, why don't you just say that the graft and the tree were owned by different people? So yes, the host tree exempts Gavin, but the graft exempts me. Why don't you do that? Why don't you say that? The answer is, you see from here that when a tree is owned by two people, neither is exempt. Meaning you wanted to say the case is where Gavin owns the host tree. So he's exempt. I own the grafts. I put them in. Now we're both exempt. Because the tree is partially owned by me, partially owned by you. The answer is, if you have a tree that's partially owned by two people, nobody, nobody's exempt. You're all going out the way. Because it's neither, it's nobody's tree. It, it, it can't be owned by both. If it's owned by both, it's owned by no one. So I said, wait a minute. What's the halacha if, uh, in the Mishnah, if you have a person who's, whose brother dies and he's waiting to do yibam, does he go out to war? No. Okay. What if the brother dies and there's five brothers? They haven't decided who's going to do yibum. The halacha is, right? They have zika, right? They all have zika, right? Back to zika. The halacha is, neither goes out to war. Why? Because maybe it's my wife. So how come if I have a tree that's bought by both of us, we both go out to war? Because neither, it's not my tree, it's not your tree. But if I got a guy, a woman who's waiting to do yibum with five brothers, none of them go out to war, because it might be their wife. Like, I don't know, what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? So the Gemara says, What's the difference? The answer is, over there, at least each one can say, it's my wife. Because we all have Zika. We have some relationship. This one, I can't definitively say whether it's my vineyard or not. I could say I own part of it. I could say you own part of it. But I can't say definitively it's mine. Over there, I have a full Zika to this woman. 
It's interesting. You have to, it's, a, it's a subtle one. This. Uh, you have you have a full connection, right? Neither brother can marry someone else, right? There's an issa deraisa on the brothers until they do do something with her until they give him a chalitza. It means there's something. Um, now they went to war and they didn't know how they died. Should be stuck. Yeah. So we want to so eliminate that as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, just one more little answer and then very simple for the, for the rest of the daf. So the gemara of Nachman Yitzchak Gamar Nachman Yitzchak says another pshat. It's Mavrich Elon Beyerek. The case is. We had a question, which is that you're exempt because of the grafting. But wait a minute, aren't you exempt because of the host tree? The answer is, it's a case where you take a branch of a tree and you put it into a, a bush. I don't know how you could do that scientifically, but apparently that could work. So you're exempt because of the graft. I, what about the host tree? There is no host tree. You put a branch into a bush. So the Gemara says, now by the way, that's a different species. So shouldn't that be Klyam? Right? It's, it can't be the same species. You're taking an apple tree and putting it into a, a cranberry bush. That's clearly not the same species. The answer is, Haitanahu, it follows the following Mishnah, Titania, it's a machlekes tanoyim, whether that's a, prime of, a problem of klayim. Hamavrich ilan beyarek, if you take a graft, a branch, onto an herb or onto a bush, Rav Shem ben Gamliel mater, Meshum Rav Yehuda ben Gamre ishkvarako, ishkvarako, oisim, it's a machlekes. So if you hold that it's klayim, obviously that can't be the case. But if you hold it's not klayim, that could be the case. Now, Kiyasir of Dimi Amar, uh, back to the, what we said. Hamani, who is the... Um, yeah, we had an original problem, which is that we said that if you graft, you're not exempt, but our Misha said you are exempt. So which one is it? So we said, it depends. If you're doing Klyam, it depends what type of grafting. If you're doing apple to apple, you're exempt. Apple to orange, not exempt, because it's Klyam. The Gemara says another answer, which is, it's following Rebbe Lezbenyakov. Rebbe Lezbenyakov has been a, a stickler. He says, it's got to be a house that you live in. It's got to be a vineyard. Grapes. Grafting, no good. So it could be when one Brisa says grafting is good and Brisa is not good, they both could be talking apple to apple. They're just authored by different people. The Gemara says, Okay, now, Mamish, like three minutes. I, I mean, I, I know I said before, I didn't actually believe it when I said before this, I'm actually believing it. Um, six, we'll go through, run six halachas, and that is Maris Ayan. Six things that are Maris Ayan based, which is that it's technically not a problem, but it is not a good optic. Okay. This is, by the way, this has a halachic relevance regarding cranberries. I can't go into it right now regarding the brachas of cranberries. Maybe I'll talk about it tomorrow. But if you have, it's just, it's too late. If you have a young tree, a young bush that never grows above a tefach off the ground, it's always on the ground. The halacha is. It's always going to be a problem of Arla. Right? Arla is a, is a, only a prize, pro, pro, applies for the first three years because they're young. What if you have a tree that just never grows tall? It always grows on the ground. Again, that's just how Hashem made it. The halacha is it's always a problem. Why? Because the Because no one's going to know the difference. They're going to see you plucking from something all the way close to the ground. They're going to think it's Arla. They're not going to realize that it's a specific species that doesn't grow taller than that, and it's really 20 years old, but it's a bad optic. Therefore, it's a problem. Uh, Maris Ayin is always going to be subjective. If you're in a location where people know, then it's fine. So says the Gemara, this is only true This is only true when it's just five trees together. So it's not that many, so people are going to think that it's a bad optic. But let's say you have an entire vineyard of these small little growths. Everybody knows that oh, that's that vineyard that only grows a tefach. So call it Isla. There's voice. People is reputation, and people will know that it's not Arla. 
One more halacha. I think there's five more. Kiyasar of Dimiyam Ravicham Shemar Allah Zaman Yaakov. Meis Taifis Arba Amis the Kriyashma. The halacha is that a, a, someone who's dead, a dead body, you're not allowed to say Kriyashma within four Amis of him. Because it's considered disrespectful to do mitzvahs in front of the dead. That's so you put your tzitzis in, right? That's it. Another halacha. This is Mara Sainbeck. Could a stepbrother marry a stepsister? Right? You have two parents. They're Brady Bunch. Could the, some of the, I never saw the Brady Bunch, but the, can the Brady Bunch, I know is was, was three, they could. Halacha could. Chavetz Chaim did, right? They're not related. So, right? If you have a stepbrother, they can marry the stepsister. They're not related. Two different mothers, two different parents, right? They're two different fathers, two different mothers. But says the Gemara, he says, what if you have step-siblings that were raised in the same house? Meaning it's not like the Brady Bunch where they got together older. They're talking about where they, were, they, 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 they remarried. You have a, a woman who marries, she has a son who's one years old. A husband who marries, he has a daughter who's one years old. And they were raised in the same house together. The halach is they can't marry each other. Why? Because that mamish looks like a brother and sister getting married. Because everyone knows they were raised together. So that it looks like a brother and sister. That's a mara sign. It looks like you're marrying a sister. But says the Gemara, we actually, it's not true. Everybody knows the truth. Trust me. When you have a stepbrother, stepsister getting married, that's all they're going to be talking about. People will say it's not siblings, it's step siblings. People will know it's not a mara sign issue. Another halach. He said it's awesome, but we disagree. We say it's mutter. One more halacha. Uh, the halacha is that for uh, 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 fruit and vegetables are chayiv and meiser when they're gathered together into a pile. That's halacha number one. Halacha number two is that if a poor person gets leket shechupeya, all the things that are gifts for the poor, he doesn't have to separate trumas and meisers from it. It's exempt. What if you have a poor person who gathers so much leket shechupeya that he makes a big pile? The halacha is he has to separate shumas and meisers. Why? Because everyone, when they have piles, they got to separate shumas and meisers. This guy, it's a bad optic. People are not going to know that you're a poor guy and you gathered it from like a shichopeya. They're just going to see you not separating shumas and meisers, and it's a bad optic. Like a shichopeya, shalasan kigari, and if you pile up finished produce of like a shichopeya, hukvul meisers, you have to separate meisers rabbinically. Amar ula, ula says loy amar el besada. That's only true in the field of a beer, but if you made it in the city, kolisle, everyone knows. Um, uh, everyone knows if it's not in the actual field. So it's it, it less likely someone's going to get confused. People know, oh, that's a poor guy. It, 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 there's word that gets out. Okay? Because um, in the field, people are all piling together. You just see pile, 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 pile. You're not going to know, oh, that guy's poor. And that's, uh, but in, the, in the city, who's making piles? It's a random thing, so everyone will know it's a poor guy. One more halacha. If you have a young vine less than a tefach off the ground, it's not going to make a climb. Right, because the Chazal, the prohibition of Klayim, um, one second, yeah, he, it's not a Klayim problem anyway, and because it's so small, Chazal did not extend it rabbinically. That's only true if there's five, five of those little growths. If you have an entire field of this growth, Makdish, it's a problem because it's a bad optic. People are not going to realize the difference between that and other species. They're just going to see an entire carom of one species planted next to another species, and they're going to think it's a bad optic. So, what kind of species? I don't, you have some species that doesn't grow more than a tefach, so and it's near uh, beans or whatever. So it's not a problem of climbing, but because it's so many, it's a bad optic. Correct. All right, we'll stop here. Ooh.